This is the Italian Citizenship Podcast, hosted by Marco Permunian and Rafael Di Furia. Hello there, and welcome to another edition of the Italian Citizenship Podcast, presented by ItalianCitizenshipAssistance.com. Of course, we are back again with the one and only Italian attorney, Marco Permunian. How are you doing, man? Good, how are you? I'm doing great, thank you. Today, we are doing an episode about a referendum that is coming up on the 12th of June, so very soon. But we wanted to make sure that this episode got out a little bit ahead of time so that people could have some time to understand, not just for this referendum, but for referendums in the future, roughly how things work, um, but then also specifically what is going to be uh, questioned in this coming referendum who can vote, how they can vote, and all of those details. So I'm sure a lot of our audience may already know what a referendum is, but I do think that it is worthwhile that we kind of just start, just kind of clean slate, just kind of fresh, and maybe start from A and work our way to Z in this episode. So just quickly, what in essence is a referendum? In the Italian legal system, a referendum is a request directed to the population, and more specifically to the population um, of individuals with the right to vote uh, on a specific matter, to get their opinion about a specific matter. It consists of a direct questions or a series of direct questions, and the only possible answers are yes or no. And so... In this coming referendum, these yes or no questions that are being asked from the Italian government to the Italian people, I'm uh, un uh, under the uh, uh, understanding that it's about laws that are already in place and whether they should be repealed or not. Is, is that the, the situation? Exactly. This specific type of referendum is exactly about that. So the Italian population is... Um, requested to express their opinion as to whether uh, some specific laws should remain in place or should be repealed. So this specific referendum that we're talking about in this video, which is uh, coming up on uh, June the 12th, uh, revolves around five different questions that the Italian population is asked to answer. And there are only two possible answers, like we said, yes or no. Uh, so the question is, do you want this law to be repealed or do you want this law to stay in place? And if you answer yes to the question, the law will be basically cancelled. If you answer no, the law will stay in place. The first one of these uh, questions is basically uh, regarding uh, politicians and member of the parliament, member of the government even members of the regional government. So right now we have a law that says that if a uh, politician that, that, that wants to assume a public office, uh, a position in a public office, um, is convicted, that person cannot do so. So that person cannot become a member of the parliament, a member of the government, or a member of the regional government. So that person cannot take any public position. Uh, but if you answer no, then that, that law will stay in place. In other words, if you vote to repeal the law, 
then it will be a judge to decide on a case-by-case -case basis whether the person can assume a position in a public office. Uh, if the law stays in place, a conviction automatically exclude, excludes a person from being able to assume a position in uh, a public office. So the second question is regarding pre-trial measures, such as uh, house arrest or even jail, uh, for somebody who is waiting for the trial to start. And it, we're talking about a provision included now in the Italian Penal Code. So the Criminal Code right now basically allows the judge to uh, order jail time or uh, house arrest for any kind of crime um, based on the risk of the repetition of the crime while the person is waiting for the trial to start. So if the judge believes that the person could uh, basically commit the crime again before the trial starts, then the judge can take action and order one of these pre-trial measures. So who proposed the referendum basically is saying that these pre-trial measures can also be applied right now to minor crimes, um, minor uh, felonies uh, with a uh, punishment that is very low. So they're saying that it doesn't make sense to continue to do so and that they would like the judge to be able to order these pre-trial measures only to uh, more important crimes where the punishment is higher not for minor crimes. So basically, if you vote no, the current law will stay in place. But if you vote yes, it will no longer be possible for a judge to order these pre-trial measures uh, for minor crimes based on a risk of a repetition of the crime while the person who has been indicted is waiting for the trial to start. So basically, right now, what happens is Say that you uh, commit a fraud. So that could be considered a minor crime, uh, of course, depending on the type of fraud. But right now, if the judge has the uh, feeling that there is a risk that you may repeat the fraud while you're awaiting your trial to start, then the judge can order these um, precautionary measures, these pre-trial measures. But if you vote to repeal this law for these crimes that are under a certain level, so where the punishment is uh, lower than a certain amount of years in jail, for example, then the judge can no longer do so based on the risk of a repetition of that crime. That's a very interesting one. I mean, especially like uh, with like the idea of maybe a petty crime versus a major crime and that some small crimes really don't deserve uh, the, the the punishment that may come along with them. So anyway, very interesting. But I, I'm curious about maybe what is the the some of the other ones that are coming because I know a lot of these kind of have to do with this concept of is this the right thing to do and not like I mean I guess really every referendum is like that, but it's coming to be in a almost a moral and ethical standpoint. And has that changed over the last 30, 40, or 50 years? How are things now versus what they were when these laws came into effect? Yes, and actually this next point uh, seems to be very much along those lines. So basically, 
the matter at hand here is uh, whether a magistrate, so a judge in Italy, can uh, change careers uh, and become a prosecutor. Right now, it's possible for a judge to become a prosecutor and for the prosecutor to become a judge for a maximum of four times during their uh, careers. And of course, there are people that believe that there should be a uh, clear separation between the two types of jobs so that they want to change the law, basically, and say that a uh, judge or a prosecutor should, should indicate at the beginning of their career what career path they want to have. And so they can only decide at the beginning and no longer change during their um, career. So if somebody is a prosecutor, can only be a prosecutor. If somebody is a judge, can only be a judge throughout their uh, career. So if you vote um, yes, the current law will be repealed and there will be a clear separation between the two jobs. If you vote no, the current situation will remain the same. So it will, it will be possible for judges to become prosecutors and for, for prosecutors to become judges uh, throughout their careers with a limit of the four time. So the next question still has to do with the work of the magistrates, so judges in Italy. Right now, the situation is that um, only basically judges can uh, provide a review of the work of other judges. Uh, regarding their uh, the way in which they operate their professionalism so uh that's not that's not open to individuals who are not judges right now so basically judges judge the work of other judges but what the uh referendum is proposing is to uh repeal this law and basically allow lawyers and uh university professors to um be able to vote on the work of judges and submit their vote on their professionalism and uh, basically submit their vote to the um, CSM, which in Italy is the um, Consiglio Superiore della Magistratura, so the High Council of uh, Judges, every four years. So they would be allowed to do so every uh, four years. So basically, if you vote um, no, the law will stay the same. But if you vote yes, that law is repealed and it opens. Uh, basically the doors to lawyers and university professors to basically express their vote regarding uh, the work of uh, judges and magistrates in Italy. That's fascinating. So right now, judges evaluate other judges, but what you're saying is it's not only just university professors, but even attorneys like yourself would be in the position to be able to evaluate the job that the judges out there are actually doing that is correct wow fascinating but if i'm not mistaken there is one last uh item that is being voted on in this coming referendum yes the last question which is in in the green ballot is regarding the election of the members of the csm uh, which i just mentioned is the highest body in italy that basically um oversees all of the work of the 10,000, roughly 10,000 judges that we have in Italy. So aside from the honorary members, the President of the Republic, the President of the Supreme Court, and the General Prosecutor of the Supreme Court, so the Corte di Cassazione in Italy, uh, all of the other members are elected every four 
years. So what happens now is that in order for a judge to be elected to be part of this um, national judicial body that oversees the work of all of the judges that we have in Italy, they need to have the support of 25 other judges. So basically what people are asked to do is um, they're asked to decide whether the law should stay like this or if should if should be repealed meaning that we would go back to another law a previous law that was in effect until 19 um that came into effect in 1958 which basically said that any judge can be part and can be elected to this uh, to be part of this uh, judicial body without having the support so the, the written support of uh, 25 other um colleagues so basically that's that's what the green ballot is about Interesting. So it sounds like some of these are about maybe potentially opening up the system a little bit more than they have been in the past. But uh, you mentioned that this this last ballot, you mentioned that it's a, a, a green ballot. Do each of the ballots have their own separate color? Because I know each question comes in its own pamphlet ballot that you have to submit. Um, do they look different? How are they separated? So yeah, exactly. So every uh, ballot is different, of a different color, and it only includes one question. So uh, we have the red ballot, the uh, orange one, the yellow one, the gray one, and finally the uh, green one. So you can easily recognize which ballot includes which question by looking at the color. Interesting. And so I guess also kind of getting into another maybe practical aspect of it, for the Italian citizens who are living outside of Italy, do they have the ability to make their opinion, their voice heard in this referendum if they're outside of the country? Or is it only possible to vote in the referendum if you're in Italy? So until 2006, it was necessary for uh, those Italian citizens who were residing abroad to actually travel to Italy mm. to cast their vote. Now, from 2006, a law came into effect to basically facilitate uh, the Italians who live abroad and who are registered with the AIRE. And so from that year, it's possible to vote uh, from distance without having to um, travel to Italy. So what happens is that um, before the referendum, and uh, precisely it should be no later than 18 days before the referendum date, uh, you should receive uh, by mail from the consulate of your jurisdiction the voting ballots that you have to return to the consulate no later than 10 days before the referendum. And then the consulate will send basically your vote to a central uh, authority in Italy. And that's how it's possible to um, cast your vote. Now, of course, you have to make sure that you are registered with the IRA. So if you recently changed your address or, or even if you moved into another state, make sure that if you, have to, if you now live within a different consular jurisdiction, that you inform the new consulate that you live there, so which means that you registered with the AIRE, and we have done uh, a lot of videos uh, about the AIRE, or we have touched this subject many times. Uh, but even if you change address within the same consular jurisdiction, make sure to inform your consulate so that your address is always up to date, and that you so that you can receive uh, these ballots to vote not only for the election but um, 
elections, but for these referendums, for example. But we said it in other videos, it's very important that you keep your address and information with the consulate up to date for several reasons. Yes, no, definitely makes sense. And it's not just for even being able to vote, but like if you have an emergency or if you need a, your passport to be renewed, whatever, it, it's definitely worthwhile to have that all in place. But then, um, I mean, even just one thing, just from a perspective of somebody who is an Italian citizen but came to Italy from a different country, the way that you take care of the ballot, the way that you actually make your selection was different than how I thought you would actually do it. In my mind, I would have thought that you just put a check mark either on the option or next to the option. But on these ballots, there's no check mark or check box per se. But what I've seen, and actually, I mean, I would assume that there should be some uh, guides on how to fill it out when you receive it. But when I voted in the past in Italy, you just mark it with an X over the option you want you cross it out with an x I, I to me it's almost seems like no that's not the option i want if i were to do that but anyway monaco i think this has been a really great episode to be able to do a quick just kind of what are we going to be voting on here what what are what are these topics as well as just a little bit of a kind of overview of what how this all works for future referendums as well but of course marco if anybody is not yet an italian citizen but is looking to become an italian citizen by descent marriage residence whatever it may be how can they get in contact with you and your team people can contact us through our website italiancitizenshipassistance.com or give us a call the numbers on the website absolutely fantastic of course and if you're interested in more content like this be sure that you're subscribed to the youtube channel as well as the audio only podcast but of course if you're subscribed to the youtube channel you're automatically also subscribed to the italian real estate podcast the other project that marco and i collaborate on where we talk a little bit more about life in italy living in italy but more so from the perspective of real estate where to buy how to buy what are the different pieces of the puzzle that all go together? The notary, that's a, a big one that we've spoken about a number of times. And then also, of course, if you're interested in more content about life abroad, living abroad, living abroad as an Italian dual citizen expat, be sure to come over to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Raffaele Furia, where I talk about these subjects and talk about not only life in Italy, but now life as a European citizen in Europe, showing a bit of where I am, showing a bit of Italy, Come on over. And there's also the audio only version. You can find it on YouTube through youtube.com slash Rafael Di Furia or Not Your Average Globetrotter. Or you can search for Not Your Average Globetrotter on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. But of course, again, we have been here with Italian attorney Marco Permunian. I'm Rafael Di Furia. We have been here for the Italian Citizenship Podcast presented by ItalianCitizenshipAssistance.com. Stay safe and healthy out there. And we will see you all next time. Happy voting. Thank you.